Nothing like a little open source drama to get to get us up in the morning. Okay, what is the drama? There was something posted yesterday to Hacker News just called, uh, the story just had the title, please don't add any of my stuff to this project. A link to a GitHub issue, uh, or rather a GitHub pull request, where uh, it's on the in the organization for Nix OS, uh, which I'm not super familiar with. It's some sort of like, uh, I don't know, the website just says it's for reproducible builds and deployments. And uh, there's some sort of, this is basically like the Nix packages uh, directory. So I guess they like take a bunch of like various open source code and just kind of package, uh, you know, have them all kind of like live within this uh, super repo that then eventually gets like bundled into NixOS. Okay. Uh, some guy who uh, built some sort of like smart home assistant kind of open source project called Ambi. Uh, basically, they were going to bundle this project into, you know, these this Nix package manager. And uh, they just decided... Uh, the open sourcer just came in and was like, don't, don't do this. Like I, you know, basically saying he doesn't want people hmm, that have issues, you know, basically this Nix OS, Nix packages project is going to need to manually keep the source code up to date. Like, uh, so he's worried that they will basically like be kind of shipping out older versions of Ambi that will mm. continue resulting in like new bug reports coming in for issues that he's already fixed. Um, and I guess he's also just concerned that if this Ambi code gets shipped in this other repo, then he's just going to be like, have to hang out in this repo answering questions about it. Because <laughs> people will think that this is where, you know, this is where that code lives, even though it has its own kind of canonical repo. Right. Uh, but then it's, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like uh, he started off saying like, I can't really stop you because of licensing you know, like it's an open license, it's open source, like you can do what you want. And then uh, he was just like, I'm asking respectfully. But then like after a while, it just got kind of more hostile. And now he's like saying he's going to change the license <laughs> uh, to like make it, you know, just like basically ban these people in particular from uh, from having like free usage of the software. Interesting. So it was a weird little drama here. I feel like... This is just another great example in the ongoing open source world of like maintenance being like maintenance and compatibility being like these huge issues where like I don't know, you're just it just seems like a mess. <laughs> yeah. It's really uh none of it none of it uh actually works. And certainly none of it makes anyone happy. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean you know, open source has obviously is a major success story, but it, it's a uh, the road to where we are now is littered with uh, a bunch of open source maintainers who've had nervous breakdowns. I think. <laughs> yeah, seems like it. Yeah, but yeah, okay. I think uh, pretty much everyone came down against this maintainer, basically saying he is uh, violating the whole spirit of FOSS. So I'd say that's you know, it's a strong way of framing it but i don't know it's yeah it's it's a tricky situation right yeah well speaking of tricky situations uh a university consortium has created what the eff says looks like a patent troll and based on the this article from the eff does look look like a patent troll <laughs> so they they uh created uh 
they created an LLC, these uh, like 15 different universities all together uh, to license software and electronics uh, patents. And in this article from the EFF out a couple days ago, but on Hacker News yesterday, they are walking through why this seems like a pretty bad idea and seems like it's just going to be a hindrance to innovation in general and progress um, instead of a way to to actually like protect patents and there's like a weird line in there where they they say there's like a non-binding expectation that no enforcement action will be undertaken against startups or small business firms but that's just kind of like in one memo that they have and not like any guarantee so interesting yeah I feel like they have to make this case carefully because all universities have, you know, some uh, internal organization that deals entirely with with IP licensing. So, like, every organization already has this. There's, like, the TLO at, them, at MIT, uh, the Technology Licensing Office. And so, like, this as a concept of universities gathering up all of their IP and licensing it out it happens already. So it's either they need to make the case that either it's the the problem here is that 15 universities are coming together and that is like a different scale of this happening or that the patents that they're acquiring are kind of of like low quality, which I think they do try to make this claim. I, I'm just seeing the in the in the article here, uh, low quality patents of suspect validity. But, you know, these are pretty legit organizations. It's like UCLA, right? And right, they're like the they're like fifteen like very large uh, research universities, hmm. but I feel like the I feel like the question is like uh, why universities like is the the purpose of the those offices at the universities is less so to like defend against people like taking random things right, and it's like to better like to like help foster. Like the goal, at least of the MIT one, seems to be to like to help startups be able to use to to, to license the patents properly and like mm-hmm. use the technology that they had just developed at MIT as a like to form companies. Yeah. Um, or do you think a large part of it is also like defending the IP? Uh, I think after reading this a little more, I think the major differences here are that. A, it seems there's a, a kind of a focus on software patents, which are just kind of, they, they kind of say offhand that these are generally the lowest quality patents that kind of have the highest propensity for, for patent trolling. Makes so a lot that, of sense. That makes sense. And then I think this is the important distinction. It's not the, it says it's not the typical kind of patent licensing that most university spinoffs would want, which is an exclusive license where a startup can just spin out of the research lab or whatever that developed the IP right. and just like own that and it exactly. you know, have exclusive yep. rights. So they're doing these yeah, sub licensing that's non-exclusive and which is apparently, yeah, typical of, of patent trolls just because it's like the best way to, uh, I don't know, monetize, monetize these patents without having to put all your uh, eggs in one basket. Right. Interesting. Apparently there was some initial talk about uh, uh, the DOJ I guess it was like considering challenging this program on antitrust grounds. 
says in January the DOJ said it, it wouldn't challenge the program. But uh, that was an open question at some point anyway. Interesting. So if they get really uh, – if they start overstepping, then maybe maybe they'll reopen that, uh, that ruling. Hmm. Speaking of overturned rulings, there's this uh, LinkedIn case that uh, the Supreme Court, I guess, heard uh, just like a couple weeks ago. It's about uh, – hmm. the order of events is a little uh, interesting. So basically there's this company in 2017 called HiQ that was scraping all of LinkedIn's data and using it for some sort of like recruitment platform. Uh, and then and basically LinkedIn issued some sort of legal threat to them saying they had to stop or else. Uh, at which point HiQ sued LinkedIn for like something. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't know what they were actually being uh, suing them for but basically saying that they were like overstepping uh, their bounds and that they had like no legal right to uh, try to stop them from scraping data that's available in public profiles. And after four years, this got to the uh, Supreme Court. And uh, just like, I guess, earlier this month, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, this doesn't qualify as hacking under the, uh, oh, let's see, Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Yeah. Basically saying it's like, uh, you know, basically LinkedIn doesn't really have a case here. And then they, they, so they put like limitations on like this, uh, they made this distinction between scraping and hacking, which is something that we've talked about before, where it's uh, a lot like the, the main, you know, the Facebook hacks with Cambridge Analytica were really more like, more like scraping, like uh, attacks <laughs> more so than like kind of like actual access, like hacking, you know, just data access hacks. Um, so it's interesting that interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. it is a ruling on you know from the Supreme Court that kind of vaguely you know it clarifies this at least somewhat. Yeah, that's interesting. But I feel like with the Facebook one, the Cambridge Analytica first you needed to like like the hacking worked through users connecting their accounts and then sucking up all of this private information as well. Like mm-hmm. like it it sounds like what what this company was doing uh, HiQ to LinkedIn. You didn't need the users to log into HiQ and then upload the stuff, right? It was they were scraping True. publicly available True. information, yeah. which yeah, I mean, seems okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it seems inevitable, right? The, basically, mean, the, the argument is LinkedIn can't have its cake and eat it too, where right, exactly. it's out there. These public profiles are user generated data that generate, but that also provides a huge amount of value for them, and is like basically you know, what drives traffic into LinkedIn, exactly, uh, yes. which then results in conversions to LinkedIn Pro or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, one of the top comments kind of interestingly is, uh, you know, well, as a user, I do want to have my cake and eat it too. You know, I want there to like, I want my profile to be public, but I want like every possible measure to be taken to prevent it from being vacuumed up by potentially bad actors. Which I thought was an interesting point. Um, interesting. But, like, the whole reason that it's public and therefore a robot at Google scrapes it to index it. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> which is which is how you can be sure that it's public by searching yeah. your name and LinkedIn on Google. I wonder if there's some mechanism for Google, the Googlebot to, like, identify itself as, like, the real Googlebot. I think there is. Oh, there's some oh. header. Yeah, there's like a the header, but, agent, but but right, but the, somebody yeah, can that easily can be spoofed. Yeah, hmm. maybe that seems like a good idea. Google should do that. 
and then you can just like turn off all automation automated uh traffic except for the real google bot have like a private key that you can verify or something or a public key you've just devised a plan for google to become even more of a monopoly <laughs> well yeah but you know uh, it's time like you're still fighting this <laughs> come on man there are uh, there are other search engines out there so i've heard <laughs> ask jeeves how's that doing yeah that that's the other one yeah that's the big one yeah, yeah. okay there's a new startup launching out of yc yesterday uh it's a scalable deep learning based virtual dressing room i'm i hate it <laughs> not for any good reason mind you okay. i hate it because it's named reverie but they spell reverie wrong they spell it with a y instead of an ie and it makes me mad it's just actively unpleasant i mean okay that's that's a minor issue so next story <laughs> That's a minor issue. I mean, the major issue in my mind. Okay. Yeah, uh, startup should end in Y sometimes. Okay, fine. I mean, they should never end in IE. Any uh, any examples here? I Can you think of an example of a startup that ends in IE? Uh, some reason, the only thing that's coming to mind is the, sub, like the sandwich shop Blimpy. <laughs> but it's not. I wouldn't qualify it as a tech startup, but maybe it's pivoted. I don't know. Everything's you ever been to a these days. I I think possibly once. Okay, I I would recommend strongly. I think it was it. an accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. You win this round. Users or listeners, uh, tweet at us with uh, tech startups that end in IE. <laughs> yeah, that's engagement, right? <laughs> yes. At Hacker News TLDR on Twitter. Is that it? Uh, I don't know. You've, yeah, they'll figure it out. Well, how about that? Uh. All right, the the real response to this is that it actually is it's pretty impressive. The Reverie okay. demo. Okay. Have you played with it? Yes. But I haven't I don't think I know I don't I don't know if I've hit the impressive part. Do you click on the different shirts and then it changes? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, you've hit the the supposedly <laughs> impressive part. Okay. You, I, I mean, mean it, it looked like if you showed me any one of these images, yeah. I would not immediately think that it was generated. When it when you switch to a new one, it kind of just like inevitably looks a little, hmm, inevitably looks a little like jarring when it just like switches in front of you. It maybe should have added like a fade effect or something just so it, it seems a little more natural. Um, so I, I see what you mean where it looks like it just gets pasted on when you switch to a new a new t-shirt design. But then if you zoom in and like look at any individual photo, I couldn't have told you that this is generated. Uh it's also very low res, so that helps. Yeah, the low res helps, and that like I I added like a handbag. What do I have on here? Oh, oh, I've only been on tops. Oh wow, there's a whole universe here. Uh, I added a Brunello envelope thing, whatever that was, whatever that is, top right, and it's like. Uh, I mean, I guess okay. I think my expectations were too high because when I first read their description, I thought it was going to be like a you upload your own photo and all of a sudden you're wearing these clothes sort of thing. I see, so yeah. for so for it to just be like a 2D image um, seemed like a little underwhelming at first. And then also, like, I'd love to see how this actually compares to if you tried to do it without machine learning and just applied a mask, in, yes. like an, an image mask onto it. The, um, okay, wow. Yeah, I am 
they need some major work on the handbags. <laughs> that is, this is rough. Yeah, like the edges are wrong, right? Like there's like clearly white space. Yeah, and you can't quite like, I mean, there there's just like bad compositing around the hand. Right. Like you can right. just yeah, you exactly you can see those edges, and then and you can't see through her two fingers. There's like a slight gap, but you can't really see through it to the handbag, and it, it looks very, it looks very uh very odd for sure and the different yeah. you know they all have different straps and so like they would just need a totally different hand position exactly for, like, how a human being would hold the strap so yes and the they human really does not move themselves. yeah this was this was uh yeah too far too fast and there's no way this is like neural the handbag stuff you know this, this well, really feels masky it's it does feel masky but I mean, where, yeah. What it, where what what part of it is the neural? I guess, I guess that's the because it does say it's uh, deep learning. Hmm. Yeah, looks like it. Well, everything looks good, but the handbags is is going to be my yeah, take. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Interestingly, yeah. There, there's like layers to it where you can have like, ja- you know, jackets that cover up. Oh, this is this is too bad. I added a jacket, and now. You can't just like click on the same jacket again to toggle it back off. There's no way for me to, to like take the jacket off the person. Uh, <laughs> so now I can't look at any more tops or dresses or whatever because they're all covered up by whatever jacket I have selected. Right. So, all right. If you're, Reverie AI, if you're listening to this, a change your name, b make it possible to take off the jacket. And if you can only do one of those things, the name, do the name. You know what to do. 